face, baby. Yeah, I, I'm her daddy. I don't even know her mama. That's right, it's everyone's big daddy talking at the moment. It's Martin Don and I'm back with your range anxiety. And I've got, that was uh, Daddy from Blueface. Good track when you know what I'm talking about today because today we've got the one you've been waiting for for a long, long time. You hear me snip little bits about this guy in and out of our conversations with Big Bo and everybody else. But today I have sitting alongside me a John Munro, my partner, my business partner, right? Let's get this clear straight away in Power Tech Tuning and one of the OG GDR guys in Australia from way back when. Welcome to Range Anxiety, John Munro. Hey guys, how are you? Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the surprise. Yeah, this is called an ambush, John. <laughs> just supposed to be giving me a lift to pick up a car and it just bounces an interview on me. I'm not going to ask what the car is, but what colour is it, John? It's blue. Yeah, well, right. Everything, as you all know, if you're regular listeners to this Epicast over the uh, last couple of years, it's got to be John's always having a blue day. And it's it, twin turbo. And it's twin turbo. How many cylinders? Eight. Uh, right. Blue twin turbo V8. Is it a VZ Commodore? No. Right. Does it have any carbon? Yeah, heaps. Yeah, okay. We'll get on to that car later, but people want to hear about GDRs. How did it all start for you with Skylines in the first place? Oh, well, I've always had old school muscle and big block V8s and nitrous, etc., etc., with all my cars. And one day, about 20 odd years ago, I just occasionally thought it'd be nice to have something a bit more modern to cruise around and go out for dinner in instead of the old headlights and the avgas fumes and getting pulled <laughs> over by the cops all the time so I actually bought a um, little Honda Prelude just as a buzz around car and I thought oh this is not bad just to buzz around to the shops in and about six months after that I got a newer Prelude and then one day a guy rocked up at the front with a, a 1994 GTST Skyline yeah. which happened to be blue um and uh, just a uh, RB25 GDST. Did you thrash the shit out of it? I bought it straight. I drove it and bought it straight away. I thought it was brilliant. And I was driving that, realizing that, wow, these modern cars can also have power. Yeah. So, you know, obviously much better than that little old Prelude. Yeah. And then it was only a couple months after that, I went and drove an R33 GDR. Um, which was just that was 2000 hang on we modified that GDST and you got me into a shitload of trouble because you wanted to thank the person that sold you some parts for it and he went and did a big burnout outside their house and I never lived that down for years Uh, at the front of a certain daddy yeah yeah, yeah. well you know we like doing skids you do but so then you went and bought an R33 GDR R33 GDR how old was was, it uh, it was a 95 model that was April 2000 so wow. it was only a five-year-old car. It was actually, the, I think it was the, officially the third one that was sold in Adelaide. Yeah. Back in then, it was about 68, 70 grand from memory. It had 13,000 kilometres, original kilometres on it. Still wow. original high suspension, original wheels, still had the original tyres on it. Um, and that's, I still have that car now, 22 years later. And so you bought it to me and we started messing it up. What, we, what, was, what was phase one? Uh, just... Tuning, exhaust. Power FC, exhaust. Yeah, power FC. What sort of power did it make? It wasn't long before. Oh, I think we got it up to, we, we put HKS turbos on it, which was a mistake because we went too big. We went with the 2540s, which killed it down low. Yeah. My first experience of uh, um, going too big on a, on a basically standard engine. Similar, actually, for years years before that, I had a 308 five-litre Monaro, and I went and myself went and took off the dual-plane manifold and put a big 650 yeah, double plane. pumper on it with yeah. a single-plane manifold, and Ruined it killed it, it. because it. it needed 
the dual plane manifold. It needed the airspeed through it. So same same thing. So we put the 2540s. I think we got that to 397. I think from memory. Yeah, okay. Basically 400 kilowatts at the wheels. We're at 11.1. That's right. 127 miles an hour on the standard internals engine. Of course, it, it went bang shortly after. That was that. fast back but then. Back then, well, it was 2001 by then, I think. Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. That never went bang before we took it out. Remember, we took the interior out of it, and you took it out to AIR. Yeah, well, we were flogging. <clears> we were giving it a good old go. Yeah. Oh, it was a long time ago. I mean, back then. Yeah. You know. Um, and actually, I'm just going to warn you here, but as we talk further on about the GDR thing, don't mention any individuals' names, all right? People, some people don't like that and get crappy with me over it. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, so, they, so that thing blew up, did it? Like it did a ring land or something like that. Yeah, shit, shit tuning, like that. probably, yeah. No, I think it was just, we were getting, I mean, 400 kilowatts at the wheels out of yeah. a standard internals engine that we did with bolt-ons. I mean, that's, that's amazing when you consider that they were 280 horsepower. Yeah, officially, yeah. and we're talking, you know, more twice yeah. that at the wheels. I mean, it's 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 inevitable. It's not going to last that sort of punishment. So when did it get its revenant. when did it get its first drag build? Uh, that's when that's when I went and uh, went down to Japanese Motorsport and yep. ordered the first ever OS Gikken three liter. You were the first, were you? The first one in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that took a little while to come, if I remember right. And then what, what did we do? Did, was the car sort of morphing into a drag car by then? Well, no, I was always wanting to keep it as a good street car. Oh, three-litre streeter. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed driving it in the hills. I like chasing motorbikes. And I already had, had drag cars and that before. And I wasn't really interested in, in, in you know, I wanted to keep it as a street car. Shit, what happened? I mean, it would still be a street car now if I didn't get a certain letter from the uh, Motor Transport Authority saying, we've been reading all these articles about this street car running nine second quarter miles. We'd like to have a little look so at it. How did we? run a nine that's what i want to get into so we put the os kicking engine in and it was three liters we we had the 2835 high mounts on it um it was cranking out oh from memory it was up around high 500s at the wheels maybe what gearbox because we've blown a standard one by that oh the standard one was long gone we i started off for a little while with a trust six speed dog box in there but that was just yeah that was just rubbish might have been alright for circuit use but for drag racing it wasn't good and I actually started having problems with it so I took the punt way back then and ordered the creme de la creme and just went straight to the Hollinger HS6, HS6 gearbox I picked out Beautiful. the ratios with a fifth one to one and a sixth overdrive yep. and that was just I mean that gearbox even to this day is now still in that car heaps of circuit use had a lot of fun with it and it's just absolutely brilliant so the very very first time we actually got it into the nines was we we had it tuned up. I remember you'd been doing tuning on um, Toolbrook's Dino yeah. the week before. Yeah. And just to make sure that there was no hassle with tuning, you just put the rev limiter right up out to 10,000 RPM. We were chasing a misfire. Just, just to get it yeah. out of the way, you put the rev limiter up to 10,000. Yeah. I remember that. And then when I went out there um, with the Hollinger gearbox in there, with the three liter engine in, and, um, and we drove the car out there, and it was fully street registered still at the time. Out of I just knew, out to AIR yeah. back in the day. So this was 2002, and I knew that um, would have been early 2002, I think. But anyway, because we were, we went to Drag Combat in May 2003, okay. and this was before that. Yeah. So anyway, we went out there, and um, I just held it on the start line and just held it flat, knowing that the rev limit was set at about nine. And turns out <laughs> later we found out it was actually at ten. Well, so actually, I sat there doing 10,000 RPM, dropped the clutch, and that was my first nine nine. At what? Oh. Remember, I think it was like 148 or something. It was. It wasn't the most mile an hour I ever did with that setup was 153. Yeah. Um, 
which is good wow. for a, which is good for an eight, good for an eight car. car. <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, these are harder to get off the line, and we broke a lot of stuff, a lot of drive shafts. I remember we broke drive shafts on the start line at Drag Combat when we did that. Yeah. But that first nine second pass was great because for years I'd have with my other Holden drag cars I'd done ten one ten one ten one ten one and I'd never actually put a nine second quarter mile. So doing a nine nine with that as a street car was great, and I actually had a sticker, a special sticker that I'd be holding. Oh, the RH9 sticker. I had the official RH9 sticker that that, um, that JMS had given me because they hadn't actually achieved it on one of their cars at that stage, and I'd been holding it, and that was the day I actually officially put it on my car. So that was yeah, my first killer. nine second pass. So fast forward then to drag combat, big party weekend, big racing weekend. We probably don't <laughs> want to go into details. Um, we're all a bit uh, younger and sillier then. Dehydrated livers and all <laughs> that. Kidney, wasn't it? <laughs> Girl, whatever. <laughs> okay. Speak to me about that weekend, what, what went on on the track. Because that was a, I remember that was a lot uh, of running It around. was just, we, we weren't properly set up, and I was just, I, I just smashed the front drive shaft. So we obviously That's had too, right. much, too much drive to the front. I just revved that up. And you had bang, a manual just, controller, didn't just, you? Just smashed the drive shaft. The front drive shaft just went bang on the line. So I remember spending half the day running around, um, and we ended up, you know, putting it back in. And I think we got the car, it wasn't quite proper. It wasn't, there was just a few things that went right, and obviously being away, it was all. It was, all, it was all a bit rushed, but we were, actually, we were actually only doing low tens. Right. Um, but but even back then, I remember the HKS um, racing team coming over, looking oh, at the car, right. going, "What? There's someone in Australia with an OS Gicken engine in one of these?" Yeah, and they were case. amazed. And actually, they took photos of it back to Japan. Yeah. And I remember not long after that, actually seeing um, a photograph of my car in the Japanese option That's magazine, right. which back then was unheard of. So, yeah. And it was a picture there with all of the stickers and all over. Very it, cool. The car was silver still back then still with the original wheels yeah so this is radial tires remember i never run slick yeah nitos i reckon just, just had the radial tires on there still had the original wheels hollinger gear hollinger manual gear wow. box. and we're running somewhere around 600 kilowatts at the wheels yeah. from memory yeah so where um, do we go fastest in that car at the track you, you, it, you're teaching me it, again it, now. It, well it was actually in that sweet spot where we had the 2835s on it and it was just it was just a sweet street slash race car and and then we went too far we we got sort of involved in another there was another guy there that came into yeah. that workshop and we won't go into that but he just wanted to prove a point and started going bigger and wanted to go to this massive single turbo and a big um, water to air into cooler and fill the block with grout and do this and do that and try and you know prove a point and we, we lost we lost the sweetness of what it was and I think it was a year later after that we took it to Heathcote to do some testing there and it was just all set up wrong you know they remember intake temperatures were like 100 degrees yeah it was just crazy it but, just when, wasn't... but when did it go its fastest time though? that was at, at OAR with the 2835s right, on right. radial tyres 153 9.45 at 153 miles Shit, that's pretty fast time. even today. I remember I was doing 7,500 RPM in 5th gear with a quarter of a turn of lock through the traps yeah, we still had Hikus in that thing too. So I, was a, I had a quarter of a turn lock keeping it straight. It used to just bounce from one side of the track to the other on the radials, which was very entertaining. Yeah. Great fun to drive. And I remember going through fifth, I still had a thousand revs to go and another gear. So I was thinking, how much fun would this thing be at zero to, you know, sort of one kilometre racing? Or, yeah. You know, just the quarter mile wasn't quite enough. It just had so much more in it. So I've always just been hooked on GDRs for fast street cars since then. <clears throat> Yeah, but yeah. A lot of trail of broken stuff, a lot of drive shafts, <laughs> a lot of front diffs. Um, circuit racing that car since then, we had a lot of trouble with front diffs breaking. Yep. So we en ended up actually turfing the um, uh, 
um, the 411 R33 gears in the front and the rear and I remember changing it to the um, gear set out of an R34 GDR which runs oh, three fives and okay. because I wanted to go to the um, um, standing kilometre racing and yep. we had a plan to take it well we did take it to tomorrow 1000 but uh, unfortunately we had a, a problem when we pulled the car <laughs> the trailer actually broke the rear diff we don't know what happened it broke it's it just trailer. rocking backwards and forwards but you know yeah. if it happened on the track it would have been a mess so but we changed the diff ratio front and rear so it's actually running still running the sixth gear overdrive but i'm running a um, three five diff gears which is brilliant now because i'm using it as a circuit car yeah um at the track because at the bend you've got a one kilometre straight and just those long gears with the with the six speed overdrive and the three five diff it's just beautiful so you had a bit of a i mean the car's been running reliably as a circuit pig for years now and it's been a yep. beauty and it's done some killer times yep. out the bend around flat two minute ish yep. uh, a great fun car for someone that just doesn't go out there and drive enough out there like you do don't um we had a bit of trouble with it for the first time in years and years and years the other day what actually went on so well that was early last year now time flies we haven't used it time flies with gdrs mate but um yeah after 20 what 20 odd years of that os kick and engine being in there which of course had been stretched to 3.2 yeah you're going to go left here no i'll go straight on no no okay no worries excuse the interruption there oh john's just big into that he always tells me what to do and where to go so we stretched it to 3.2 so it was 88 um 88 um mil bore yeah and uh, yeah, cracked the block, was having trouble, just couldn't keep the temperature down and I kept having to top it up and then we looked on the side and sure enough, after 20 years and all that abuse, Bit of a cool which is plate. amazing considering that the OS kicking is a, is a work of art with the crank and the, it is. the spacer plate that they use, but the fact is it was still just a standard block. So 20 years of, of beating it and um, using it for all different, um, all different track days and I had a lot of fun. Um, finally, the block gave up the ghost. So, yeah, what do we do? That and being busy with the other tu- with the tuning business and the RV business and everything else going on with COVID over the last twelve months, it's been uh, yeah, interesting. It's so, been a little bit on the back shelf, but obviously now I'm gearing back up. What's and the fix? Organized. What's the fix? Wow. The block, you know. You can talk about it. I think you just got to uh, show it. The best thing is just to do what we've done with the R35 and with our Subaru. We've just gone with the billet, um, the proper billet block. Um, what brand? This is a full race setup car now. There's no chance of ever going back on the street. So I just wanted to do it properly. And I want to keep with the... I actually played with the idea. I've got a spare R35 engine. I played with the idea of actually converting yeah. it to a VR38. But we decided to stick with the RB. Yeah. I've always loved that old school setup with this 33 GDR. So we're sticking with 3.2. I'm actually still going to use the OS kick and crank after all those years. The crank, even the rods, unbelievable, perfect condition. Absolutely yep. nothing wrong with them. So I just wanted to recreate the OS Geekin 3.2, but I wasn't just going to go back to that spacer no. plate setup. So I've commissioned uh, a full custom billet block with um, our friends at Crest CNC. Yep. And they have made a work of our RV block for us. So it's a tool boy, it's, it's it doesn't a, need the spacer yeah, plate yeah, it's anymore. it's a tool dock, so yeah, it's yeah. tool deck, so it's got no spacer plate, um, but it's still running that same um, uh, billet, uh, uh, beautiful uh, crank that OS made 20 years ago, Yeah, that setup, and we're running 88, 88, so it's still 3.2 um, with the forged pistons, and, and yeah. So you're gonna go. thrash your shit out of it? 
yeah, so I'm not obviously going for crazy power. I know there's a lot of guys out there just going for, you know, 2,000 horsepower with these things, but this is a circuit car. I want mid-range torque. So what I've decided to do is we, I am changing from the Dash 10 low mounts that I've had on there, um, which are obviously very old technology, but this is quite an old setup. So I have done a lot of research. Old driver. You know, I've talked to a, talked to a few people that are in the know that have been doing a lot of playing around with these RB engines well, in the last few years. You're talking about that Zipperhead Hawkins. Yeah, talking yeah. to Andrew and these <laughs> hey, guys. Andy. And, and, you know, so I've, I've taken a bit of advice and I've gone with the, um, I am going with a big single, um, well, not a huge single, I'm going with the GT40, or G40, sorry. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that's going to work really, really well on the Boost 6 um, manifold. Yeah. So what I'm hoping for with the 3.2 is that we'll, we'll probably push it up around 600 kilowatts at the wheel. So it's <clears> still <throat> going to be a 1,000 thousand to 1,100 horsepower at the engine. should push around 600 kilowatts at the wheels, which is going to be fabulous as a circuit car. This thing only weighs 1,350. So we actually had it detuned. It was running around 450 kilowatts at the wheels before, and that was enough to scare the Porsches down the straight. Yeah. Um, Obviously, my driver skills you know, not quite up to oh, some of these bad. guys on the corners, but you know, on the straights, I love scaring them. So I bet you they don't listen to Iron Maiden as loud as you do it. Oh in the well, car. I don't know. Maybe some of them do. But pumping that <laughs> up to around 600 of the wheels with the, the mid-range torque that it, that it should have um, is going to be very exciting. So I can't wait. That's all all going back together now. Um, but okay, we've only got seven minutes left in this podcast, right? Time flies when you're having fun. Um, you, that's not your only GDR though. You've got your R35, and that's undergoing. Everyone knows the billet R35. If you've been to roll race in Adelaide, it, it's pretty well feared out there because every time it pretty much goes, it does something pretty amazing. But it's undergoing a, a transformation again at the moment for more power. So what are we what are we doing? Well, that car's block. been brilliant. It's got 8,000 kilometres on that setup mm. since we put that billet 4.4 litre engine in. It's a really good street. You, you know, you call it the businessman's package back then, yeah. and it has been because it's been a great street car. It's done circuit. Um, you know, we've done some really cool high speed um, work with it. We've done the uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uncontrolled environment, of course. Everything you and, do is high uh, speed, and, and obviously, yeah, it's one roll racing three times, um, and runner up a couple of times. The first time I was running out of fuel, so I didn't yeah, realise yeah, that. Yeah, don't go even, don't time, even talk anyway, to me about that. Whatever they, a win is a win. If you don't <laughs> win, that, that's that's what it is. But we just want to go a bit further. We've upgraded it to the, the Zona um, 68 turbos, which are absolutely brilliant it's for ETS. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and they're capable of going a lot more than what we're running now. So we thought, well, the next step up is obviously we've got to put the bigger trans in. So we've got the brand new stage six step Shep changes sitting there, full bolt in, ready to go. Got um, mucking around here. And we had those codes coming up on that other trans. So the other trans is still working, but we knew that eventually once we started. Just slipping the up, clutches, it's only got nine blades in it. That's right. So we got, we got the big boy trans sitting there yeah. ready to go, which was a nice Christmas present that came in for us and obviously now we can get serious and add a bit more fuel so we knew with the, all this time we've been running 900 kilowatts at the wheels running about 30 pounds of boost those turbos will run 60 the yeah. guys in the states you know they're making 2,000 horsepower at the wheels with these turbos yeah on a 4.1 that's right this is 4.4 <laughs> that's right so we know they've got more but you know um i'm also aware that those guys break a lot of stuff so you know this car's been extremely reliable but it makes sense that if we're going to turn the boost up a bit we're going to need a bit more fuel so up till now we've just been running the standard um six injectors obviously with two thousands yep. in there yep so now we've got the i've bitten the bullet we've all done this so far just with the standard manifold we've we've jumped up to the boost logics yeah yeah uh, yep. manifold now so i'm going to run another row of, of of six injectors we'll just chuck one thousands in there so it's a 50 percent increase that gives us a bit more headspace we can crank a bit more boost in there we won't go silly but i think 
you know, you should be quite comfortable up around the 2,000 horsepower at the flywheel, which is well under what these two. So how are we, how are we, how are we going to dyno this thing? We can't use our all-wheel drive mainline anymore because it'll just slip the tyres. So what are we going to do? Road dyno. What did we just buy for the shop, John? Well, we have got a hub dyno coming. Yes, exactly. So there's nothing like you hanging on there with your hat backwards with your nut to the fear into you. Yeah, no, 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 That's no. That's what they do in Mexico. Yeah, well, we're in, well, yeah, we're not quite in Mexico, but we might as well be. So we've only got four minutes in this um, Epicast left, John, and there's a lot of GDR fans out there, and a lot of them are talking to you. What's your advice if you want to buy a GDR, if you're just getting into GDRs right now, what do you actually buy? What, an old running? You know, what, what do you buy? Uh, look, buy the latest latest model, lowest kilometre one that you can afford. Yep. It's always good to get the latest one you can. You know, obviously, if you can pick one up that's got a few good mods on it, that's great. If you're picking up a heavily modified one, you've got to be a bit careful because why is it so heavily modified? What's been done to it? Could be a bargain or it could be a lemon. It's just, it's hard to say. I mean, I love all GDRs and uh, I've particularly got a soft spot for the old ones, obviously 33s and 34s, but... Yeah, look, the 35 is just an amazing all-round streetcar. I'd say for most guys, light tuning, mid-pipe, a few basics. You know, get it up around 350, 400 at the wheels. That's all you need for most guys. Oh, once, yeah. once you start going past that, it really is an exponential curve, and it, it just does start becoming very expensive. So it just depends what you're going to do with it. Have you got any GDRs you want to put in your collection, or didn't you just buy one for your collection collection? Well, we've got the, the 50th anniversary, so the blue one. That's oh, Bayside on, That's blue. right. So we've got the, the 19 model. That's but a really didn't nice you just one. buy a special one? Oh yeah, sorry, the the one we found in Hong Kong. So we've just got a, an R thirty three ninety six, which is yep. the LM. Yeah, and so what, what colour did the LM come cha in? Championship blue. Thank you. Not metallic, but it's still blue. <laughs> so yeah, we're just doing a little freshen up on that because uh, compression was down one of the pistons, and we found one of the ringlands was uh, yeah wasn't up to it's standard. Nice little so forged a, build, you know. Yeah, it's a simple. All done in-house, and of course, that will then give you a bit of scope to be really stupid with it. Well, I'm back to the beginning then. Yeah, that's nice right. You're little, right. Nice little standard low-tune 33. I can buzz around up in the hills and chase motorbikes, you see. 20 years, I've come full circle. I've got back to a, back to a tune, a light-tune one I can drive on the street. You haven't figured this out yet. You've actually got a light-tuned R33 and an off-its-head R33. You've got a light-tuned R35. The, yep. The 50th and off its head yeah, well, 35. Good things come in twos. That's right. That's what Noah said on the way to his arc. Um, could that's I? I'm going to pick up the second one of another brand. Yeah, exactly. Pick up something nice and turbos on it. Could I tempt you? And you're allowed to say what you really think because a lot of people um, listen to this from overseas and not Australia anyway. Would you <clears throat> have you thought about putting a T spec into the mix? Yeah, well, I should have just ordered one new, but you know, just didn't get around to it. I would if the prices weren't so silly, but you know, guys are being a bit adventurous at the moment. But, you know, deals come up. I don't need any more cars of running out of shed space. Although we've got the new Pathak tuning workshop oh, being no. built right now, so no, you're officially add, banned from that'll, there. That'll add a few more, few more spots in the showroom. Yeah, I'm glad you said in the showroom. Look, I like the look of them. I mean, they're a beautiful looking car. I, if I did buy one, I wouldn't modify it because I think they're just such an amazing car. <laughs> I'd just leave it there. You know? oh, well, maybe just a mid-pipe oh, and a tune. I've heard know? all this before. Mid-pipe and a tune. So this new car you're going to pick up, which is already 720 horsepower, I think, underrated, so more like 750 yeah. from the factory. Haven't you already got the mod spritz sitting yeah, in well, your office? Yeah, we've got the downpipes there. I'm just waiting for a quote on upgraded turbos. We might not do that straight away. But, yeah, just, you know, the exhaust mods and ECU tuning is always... 
It's always a nice You're thing. allowed to say what this car is. I mean, people are going to know anyway. By the time this comes out, in a week and a half's time. Yeah, well, I got I got my 650S Spider McLaren. five yeah. years ago, and yeah. this is just the next one up. So 720 Spider would be nice to... But you got to modify them, you know? That's yeah, the thing just, about McLaren. Well, we, I was very impressed recently with the 765 that we did downpipe yeah. and ECU tuning on. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that was beautiful to drive. And I could definitely see the before and after change and the mid-range torque. Just doing the downpipe, just to free up that um, free up those turbos, just the way it just comes on, the mid, the, the torque. And the, the flame. The, the transmission. You like the flame. You like the flame. Anyway, John, look, thanks for joining us today. That's a, it's enough for this Epicast. Um, we're going to leave room for my wonderful sponsors. You know, at City LDV because, you know, go and see Julian Newton and get stung buying a stinger. Um, you like that? <laughs> I thought you'd actually like that. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you for joining us. And we will do a part two because we didn't even begin to scratch the surface there. Thanks for the ambush. Okay, and uh, everyone, I hope you enjoyed listening to Range Anxiety.